Section 11 of the Underground Railroad, Part 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. The Underground Railroad, Part 2, by William Still. Section 11. Arrivals from Different Places. Matilda Mahoney. Dr. J. W. Pennington's brother and sons captured and carried back. While many sympathized with the slave in his chains, and freely wept over his destiny, or gave money to help buy his freedom, but few could be found who were willing to take the risk of going into the South and standing face to face with slavery, in order to conduct a panting slave to freedom. The undertaking was too fearful to think of in most cases. But there were instances when men and women, too, moved by the love of freedom, would take their lives in their hands, beard the lion in his den, and nobly rescue the oppressed. Such an instance is found in the case of Matilda Mahoney in Baltimore. The story of Matilda must be very brief, although it is full of thrilling interest. She was twenty-one years of age in 1854, when she escaped and came to Philadelphia. A handsome young woman of a light complexion, quite refined in her manners, and in short possessing great personal attractions. But her situation as a slave was critical, as will be seen. Her claimant was William Regard of Frederick, Maryland, who hired her to a Mr. Reese in Baltimore. In this situation her duties were general housework and nursing. With these labors she was not, however, so much dissatisfied as she was with other circumstances of a more alarming nature. Her old master was tottering on the verge of the grave, and his son a trader in New Orleans. These facts kept Matilda in extreme anxiety. For two years prior to her escape the young trader had been trying to influence his father to let him have her for the southern market, but the old man had not consented. Of course the trader knew quite well that an article of her appearance would command readily a very high price in the New Orleans market. But Matilda's attractions had won the heart of a young man in the north, one who had known her in Baltimore in earlier days, and this lover was willing to make desperate efforts to rescue her from her perilous situation. Whether or not he had nerve enough to venture down to Baltimore to accompany his intended away on the Underground Railroad, his presence would not have aided in the case. He had, however, a friend who consented to go to Baltimore on this desperate mission. The friend was James Jefferson of Providence, Rhode Island. With the strategy of a skilled soldier, Mr. Jefferson hurried to the monumental city, and almost under the eyes of the slaveholders and slave catchers, despite of pro-slavery breastworks, seized his prize and speeded her away on the underground railway before her owner was made acquainted with the fact of her intended escape. On Matilda's arrival at the station in Philadelphia, several other passengers from different points happened to come to hand just at that time, and gave great solicitude and anxiety to the committee. Among these were a man and his wife and their four children, noticed elsewhere from maryland likewise an interesting and intelligent young girl who had been almost miraculously rescued from the prison-house at norfolk and in addition to these 
the brother of j w pennington d d with his two sons while it was a great gratification to have travellers coming along so fast and especially to observe in every countenance determination rare manly and womanly bearing with remarkable intelligence it must be admitted that the acting committee felt at the same time a very lively dread of the slave hunters and were on their guard arrangements were made to send the fugitives on by different trains and in various directions matilda and all the others with the exception of the father and two sons relatives of dr pennington successfully escaped and reached their longed-for haven in a free land the penningtons however although pains had been taken to apprise the doctor of the good news of the coming of his kin whom he had not seen for many many years were captured after being in new york some twenty-four hours in answer to an advisory letter from the secretary of the committee the following from the doctor is explicit relative to his wishes and feelings with regard to their being sent on to new york twenty nine sixth avenue new york may twenty fourth eighteen fifty four my dear mr still your kind letter of the twenty-second inst has come to hand and i have to thank you for your offices of benevolence to my bone and my flesh i have had the pleasure of doing a little for your brother peter but i do not think it an offset my burden has been great about these brethren i hope they have started on to me many thanks my good friend yours truly j w c pennington this letter only served to intensify the deep interest which had already been awakened for the safety of all concerned at the same time also it made the duty of the committee clear with regard to forwarding them to new york immediately therefore the doctor's brother and sons were furnished with free tickets and were as carefully cautioned as possible with regard to slave hunters if encountered on the road in company with several other underground railroad passengers under the care of an intelligent guide all were sent off in due order looking quite as well as the most respectable of their race from any part of the country the committee in new york with the doctor were on the lookout of course thus without difficulty all arrived safely in the empire city it would seem that the coming of his brother and sons so overpowered the doctor that he forgot how imminent their danger was the meeting and interview was doubtless very joyous few perhaps could realize even in imagination the feelings that filled their hearts as the doctor and his brother reverted to their boyhood when they were both slaves together in maryland the separation the escape of the former many years previous the contrast one elevated to the dignity of a doctor of divinity a scholar and noted clergyman and as such well known in the united states and great britain whilst at the same time his brother and kin were held in chains compelled to do unrequited labor to come and go at the bidding of another were not these reflections enough to incapacitate the doctor for the time being for cool thought as to how he should best guard against the enemy indeed in view of slavery and its horrid features the wonder is not that more was not done but that anything was done that the victims were not driven almost out of their senses but time rolled on until nearly twenty-four hours had passed and while reposing their fatigued and weary limbs in bed just before daybreak hyena-like the slave-hunters pounced upon all three of them 
and soon had them handcuffed and hurried off to a United States Commissioner's office. Armed with the fugitive law, and a strong guard of officers to carry it out, resistance would have been simply useless. Ere the morning sun arose, the sad news was borne by the telegraph wires to all parts of the country of this awful calamity on the Underground Railroad. Scarcely less painful to the committee was the news of this accident than the news of a disaster resulting in the loss of several lives on the Camden and Amboy Road would have been to its managers. This was the first accident that had ever taken place on the road after passengers had reached the Philadelphia Committee, although in various instances slave hunters had been within a hair's breadth of their prey. All that was reported respecting the arrest and return of the doctor's kin, so disgraceful to Christianity and civilization, is taken from the Liberator as follows. Three fugitive slaves arrested in New York and given up to their owners. New York, May 25th. About three o'clock this morning, three colored men, father and two sons, known as Jake, Bob, and Stephen Pennington, were arrested at the instance of David Smith and Jacob Grove of Washington County, Maryland, who claimed them as their slaves. They were taken before Commissioner Morton of the United States Court, and it was understood that they would be examined at eleven o'clock. Instead of that, however, the case was heard at once, no persons being present, when the claimants testified that they were the owners of said slaves, and that they escaped from their service at Baltimore on Sunday last. From what we can gather of the proceedings, the fugitives acknowledged themselves to be slaves of Smith and Grove. The commissioner, considering the testimony sufficient, ordered their surrender, and they were accordingly given up to their claimants, who hurried them off at once, and they are now on their way to Baltimore. A telegraph dispatch has been sent to Philadelphia, as it is understood an attempt will be made to rescue the parties when the cars arrive. There was no excitement around the commissioner's office, owing to a misunderstanding as to the time of examination. The men were traced to this city by the claimants who made application to the United States Court, when officers Horton and DeAngeles were deputied by the marshal to effect their arrest, and those officers, with Deputy Marshal Thompson, scoured the city, and finally found them secreted in a house in Broom Street. They were brought before Commissioner Morton this morning. No counsel appeared for the fugitives. The case being made out, the usual affidavits of fear of rescue were made, and the warrants thereupon issued, and the three fugitives were delivered over to the U.S. Marshal and hurried off to Maryland. They were a father and his two sons, father about forty-five, and sons eighteen or nineteen. The evidence shows them to have recently escaped. The father is the brother of Reverend Dr. Pennington, a highly respected colored preacher of this city. New York, May 28th. Last evening, the church at the corner of Prince and Marion Streets was filled with an intelligent audience of white and colored people to hear Dr. Pennington relate the circumstance connected with the arrest of his brother and nephews. He showed that he attempted to afford his brother the assistance of counsel, but was unable to do so, the officers at the marshal's office having deceived him in relation to the time the trial was to take place before the commissioners. Honorable E. F. Culver next addressed the audience, 
showing that a great injustice had been done to the brother of dr pennington and though he up to that time had advocated peace he now had the spirit to tear down the building over the marshal's head intense interest was manifested during the proceedings and much sympathy in behalf of dr pennington the fugitive slaves in baltimore the u s marshal a t hillier esq received a dispatch this morning from officers horton and delugellis at baltimore stating that they had arrived there with three slaves arrested here yesterday the penningtons the owners accompanying them the officers will return to new york this evening new york express twenty seventh new york may thirtieth the rev dr pennington has received a letter from mr grove the claimant of his brother who was recently taken back from this city offering to sell him to dr pennington should he wish to buy him and stating that he would await a reply before selling him to the slave drivers mr gross who accompanied his sweetheart matilda in the same train which conveyed the penningtons to new york had reason to apprehend danger to all the underground railroad passengers as will appear from his subjoined letter elmira may twenty eighth dear luke i arrived home safe with my precious charge and found all well i have just learned that the penningtons are taken had he done as i wished him he would never have been taken last night our tall friend from baltimore came and caused great excitement here by his information the lady is perfectly safe now in canada i will write you and mr still as soon as i get over the excitement this letter was first intended for mr gaines but i now send it to you please let me hear their movements yours truly c l gross but sadly as this blow was felt by the vigilance committee it did not cause them to relax their efforts in the least indeed it only served to stir them up to renewed diligence and watchfulness although for a length of time afterwards the committee felt disposed when sending to avoid new york as much as possible and in lieu thereof to send via elmira where there was a depot under the agency of john w jones mr jones was a true and prompt friend of the fugitive and wide awake with regard to slavery and slaveholders and slave hunters for he had known from sad experience in virginia every trait of character belonging to these classes in the midst of the doctor's grief friends of the slave soon raised money to purchase his brother about a thousand dollars but the unfortunate sons were doomed to the auction block and the far south where the writer has never exactly learned. End of section 11